I don't know. Your father came into the hospital, and he... I thought he was crazy, out of his mind. He's hanging on to a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was, they're gonna kill us all. And in a little while, he was dead. And I don't know what the hell is going on. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? And it's a podcast where we talk about movies. Specifically, we find a movie that one of us has never seen before. We watch that and we talk about it. This is episode number 33. Uh, I am your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. Joining me this week, I have Christina. Hello, hello. Hello. And also, Keith. Hello. Hey. And uh, our movie this week is the 1982 Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Uh, Keith, up until about a week and a half ago, you had never seen this movie before. Uh, blessedly so. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a minute. But first, normally I don't uh, want somebody to see it until about the week before, but this played at an all-night um, marathon that we went to at our local theater uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So, State Theater, Trevor City. Yep. Check it out. And that was that was good enough for me, Having you having never seen it. Um we watched it that night. I'd seen it a few times before. I know, Christina, you've seen it because we've talked about it before. Yep. Yeah. So, um, all right. Yeah. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the Halloween sequel that has nothing to do with any of the other Halloween sequels. No Michael Myers, no Jamie Woo-hoo. Lee Curtis. Well, technically, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. is in this, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah. So this came out 82. This was after Halloween 2, and the idea was... John Carpenter wanted the Halloween franchise to be kind of yearly anthology of movies with all centered around Halloween, but different stories. Um, in fact, from what I remember and what I've read, he never really wanted to do a direct sequel to the first Halloween, but you know, kind of that movie did so well that a sequel happened anyway. Uh, but this was more of what he wanted to do. Unfortunately, this movie didn't perform great at the box office, and so that whole anthology yearly thing got scrapped and they went back to having Michael Myers um, in every sequel and to varying levels of goodness. But, um, okay, so Keith, you've already kind of let the cat out of the bag. You did not enjoy this movie. That is an understatement, sir. Um, <laughs> right. So I don't I, even know you. <laughs> I want to get your, your reasoning behind that, but I, I, I want to get there in a minute because I do want to talk about just the movie by itself um starting with the cast so no michael myers no um no laurie strode so no jamie lee curtis in that way she does have an appearance in this though she does play the operator voice in santa mira um i don't know keith if you picked up on that or not but when he's trying it to sounded familiar but i wasn't placing it at the time yeah when he's trying to dial out you keep getting that voice you need to hang up and dial your operator that's jamie lee curtis so um i always like that she did that in she was a voice of well, she was that voice and also the voice saying that you know curfew uh, in Santa Mira. Yep. Okay. Um, she did that in Escape from New York as well. She played a voice in that uh, early on in the movie. So you know her and John Carpenter worked worked together a couple of times. But so she's in this. That's really the only connection um, other than the brief shots of the original Halloween showing on TV screens. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only connection to yeah. That, that's uh, the first, yeah, the first one was in the bar 
And then the second one was towards the end of the movie when they've got him strapped to the chair um, and he turns on the horror-thon. So outside of that, there's no connections to uh, the other the other movies whatsoever. Um, and, you know, Tom Akins um, plays our, our <clears throat> quote-unquote hero. Um, uh, or sorry, not Akins, Atkins. Tom Atkins plays Dr. Daniel Chalice. Uh, I like Tom Atkins. I've seen him in other things before. He plays a lot of kind of, uh, I don't, I guess you could call him B movies, but he's, he's been in quite a bit, especially eighties movies. I like him. His character was terrible. Like he was a, just a bad person. Um, it was interesting though, to have the, the hero of the movie not be, he's a doctor, but he's not like, I don't know. He, he's trying to do more of a PI role. Right, he's sort of he's a doctor trying to be like a, a detective, and he's not really good at that at all. But I don't know. Uh, you know, he was fine in it. I liked him. I didn't like his character, but I thought his performance was fine. Um, With what he was given, I felt that he did as best he could. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Um, Christina, what did you think of Tom Atkins? You've, I'm sure, you've seen him in other things before. I mean, again, just like you said. It was pretty good. Um, it was believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, eh, I agree mean, to disagree. <laughs> he was as believable as any other character. He's a do- He's he's completely out of his element. Um, yeah. But uh, at the same time, I sort of, I believe that he was as sleazy as his character came off because he was he was not a good person. He, you know, has an ex-wife and his kids and. I mean, his kids were kind of the, the chick in the bucket of this movie, right? They they show up in the beginning of the movie. You don't really see them for the rest of the movie. So yeah. there's, you know, you don't see the ex-wife either. He calls her a couple of times. You hear her very faintly over the phone just dressing him down because he's not picking up the kids. So he doesn't, you know, he, he pretty much ditches his kids to go find out about this this whole plot. He's womanizing as all hell, like just hitting on uh, yeah. every woman in the movie. Um, the chaser for sure. Oh yeah, the we were, nurses. We were and, that in the theater. Yeah, we were. I mean, I think what we said was after like the third or fourth flirtation with somebody, I just turned to you. And I'm like, Doctor Chalice is kind of a slut. And, yeah, dude, he's like totally easy. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Tom Atkins was in Halloween three. He was in the Fog. Um. So he'd worked with John Carpenter before. Uh, Night of the Creeps. Um, now, John Carpenter didn't direct this. In fact, he didn't even write this. Um, he just produced and worked on some of the music for it. Um, the writer and director was Tommy Lee Wallace. And Tommy Lee Wallace is known for playing a ghost in The Fog uh, and directing Fright Night Part 2. So mm. I'm trying to see if there's anything else of his that uh, any of us might have seen before. He... Uh, da, 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 da. I recognize his mustache. Oh, from his IMDb. Well, from the movie, I mean. Oh, you're talking. Like... Yeah, okay, you're talking about Tommy Atkins oh. or oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Tom Sorry. Atkins. I, I thought we were still on the same person. So. Yeah, um, I mean, he was in, you know, like I said, The Fog, and yeah, that. Oh, Justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he's still acting today. I mean, he was just in. Uh, Oh, he was in the the short Polybius, uh, if that's how you pronounce that. 
Um, he did drive. He was in Drive Angry a couple years ago. Um, so he's you know he's still doing stuff. Uh, let's see who else in the cast. It so seems Wallace also directed the It miniseries. Is that okay? That was oh that's why that name sounded familiar because I remember when I was doing a little I fell down a like a IMDb rat hole one night and realized that he directed It. Okay, that's why it's familiar. He did Fright oh, Night Part and Two. A couple couple episodes of Max Hedrum and Twilight Zone. And, I mean, I can't say that his direction was bad. Um, it wasn't great. But now that I'm realizing that he also did it, the miniseries, I can kind of see some similarities there. Um, it's same with the writing. The writing in this wasn't spectacular. In fact, there's a lot... I, I was noticing this capturing audio. There was a lot of just gaps of, like, no... No dialogue whatsoever. Um, in fact, I think the first like eight minutes of the movie, there's not a single spoken word. You don't get any spoken words until the TV set in the gas station, um, which is fine. You know, you don't have to have a bunch of dialogue. But I just noticed this was, you know, the way it was written. And like towards the end, the last 20 minutes, there's barely any dialogue. You had uh, Stacy Nelkin was Ellie Grimbridge. And I kept thinking that the name was Greenbridge, but apparently it's Grimbridge. Um, she was, I was fine. Thinking green, green bridge too. So yeah. you're not alone there. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone there. Um, so interesting thing. All right. So Tom Atkins born in 1935, which would have made him, uh, 46, 47 when this movie was made. Um, I didn't quite look it. So no, no. Um, uh, Stacy Nelkin would have been about 23 when this movie was made. So almost Yeesh. a like 20-something year difference between those two, um, which made a particular line in the movie even funnier, uh, which was, where did I put it? Because I know this. And, and granted, remember when he says this, too. How old are you? They've already slept together at that point, and now he's asking yeah, her how old she is. You should have asked that first. Yeah. You know, that's... Again, adding to the kind of the just sort of creepy factor of him, like the, the, the creep factor of him being kind of the womanizer and all that. But, you know, in the 80s, um, that was that was tolerated more in movies than it is now. I'm not saying it was right, but it was tolerated more. Um, Dan O'Hara... Dan O'Harrell... Harrell he? I don't know how you would pronounce that. Uh, Connell Cochran... Okay. He he was in uh, RoboCop, uh, The Last Starfighter, uh, RoboCop 2. So he played an old man in RoboCop and RoboCop 2. And Grig in The Last Starfighter. Um, mm-hmm. Love his voice. Uh-huh. Boy, oh boy. Like that alone is almost worth watching this movie for me just because he's got this like smooth, buttery voice. And... I enjoyed like, him. I, I half expected there to be a saxophone in the background when he was speaking. <laughs> yeah, he was he was great. You know, he he got to kind of have fun with the villain role, but I'll talk about uh some of the problems that I have with the movie in a little bit. Um but he was he was fine. You had uh Michael Curry was uh, Rafferty. You know, he has a very small it was little, not a lot of like large roles in this. And Rafferty was the guy that um ran the uh ran the gas station and motel 
um, and had the worst Irish accent I've ever heard. Um, he sounded this. This is his version of an Irish accent. It's cozy, it's quiet, and the price is right. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. Uh, that, that's like the the Dollar General Irish accent. Yeah, that's the. Oh uh, yeah, I can do an Irish accent, sir. Sure, why not? Um, you had the. I've, I, I've, I've heard the term Irish accent before. I'm pretty sure I can do it. Exactly. Yep. Um, Ralph Strait was Buddy Kupfer, um, and Jadine uh, Barber was his wife. Uh, Brad Sh- Schachter was Little Buddy. Um, the Kupfers were fine. They were your classic kind of uh, bombastic, loud American family. Um, but they were fun. You know, there was nothing wrong with them. I kept getting like almost a. They, his name was Buddy Kupfer, and I kept thinking Buddy Hackett. Like every time he would show up on screen, is what he reminded his character reminded me of. Uh, outside of that, most of the rest of your characters are um, like random. You know, Teddy was Wendy Westberg. I haven't, you know, I don't know any of these names really. Um, Maddie Norman as Nurse Agnes. You know, it was all kind of small roles. It was a small budget film. I think it was only two and a half million dollars. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, made 14.4 in the U.S., um, which was also its worldwide gross. So it made back its money, but I don't, it just didn't perform as well as they were hoping that it would. So uh, that was why they scrapped the idea and went back to Michael Myers. But well, over- they got seven bucks for every one they put in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they made their money back, but I think they were hoping for a lot more. I Overall. Fair enough. Overall, you know, it's it's a good movie. I enjoy as a uh, a cheesy Halloween movie um, to watch every year. Uh, I like it. I like it better than Halloween 2, personally, and a lot better than most all of the sequels that came after it. So, all right, Keith, why didn't you like this movie? It, it didn't make sense to me why they were having a doctor do so much pi work and they, they made it very clear he was a doctor i think that his character should have either been a pi or focused more on something medical related um another thing that threw me off season of the witch didn't really have much i mean the, the title was really misleading to me because it's already halloween same season of the witch because it's at Halloween you already put that part in the title so it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and then you've got the the MacGuffin you know the the big MacGuffin of the blue stone right so okay so you you just kind of you couldn't suspend your disbelief enough to to get into the movie um, I, I I could not there was like near the end there where they're dropping the the trademarks off of the wooden rafters down into the high-tech you know, concrete and steel facility that that didn't make any sense to me. It looked like they were up in a barn dropping stuff down into a lab. Yeah. Well, that was a, um, so the set they used for that was actually a milk factory, um, which I thought was kind of neat. No. So, okay. I understand what you're saying. And you're right in that there are some things that are tough to wrap your head around. Like number one, this is sequel number two. This is the third in the series, but it has nothing to do with the first two. So already, People are going into it a little bit confused because they know. And I, I went into it already giving it that because you had told me that much. Okay, 
no Michael Myers, cool. Something else. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch it as its own movie, mm-hmm. but it just it it felt like it was half explained most of the time and not not in a suspenseful way just uh we didn't come up with anything it's like like they they even kind of poke at that it felt like when they said you wouldn't believe how we got that over here yeah there was a lot of hand waving going on i i will give you the fact that that the subtitle of season of the witch doesn't make much sense because there isn't really outside of the mask and they mention the word witchcraft once there isn't like a witch involved in it so it can yeah. be a little bit confusing there i think there was the skeleton and the idea of a really solid movie in here i think what what takes it from you know kind of cult classic status into like first halloween classic status would be if they, if they made a little more sense of it. And I'm not asking, like, I enjoy a movie that doesn't explain everything to me and spoon-feed me stuff. I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. I think, though, that there was there were parts of this movie that weren't explained in a, in a very hand-wavy way that took away from it. Now, Christina, you had mentioned earlier that you didn't feel as though that was the case. So go ahead and, and let me know why you think that. Well, I mean, it sets the bar with everything. It starts off with saying, oh, a rock from uh, the Stonehenge was was taken and it's disappeared. We find that later in the lab. Um, And apparently it's used with magical powers to make the masks. And it sets up and explains pretty much all of what they're planning of doing and are doing towards the end, admittedly. And it throws it all at you at once, but it it's there. The information is there. Okay. You're you're not wrong there, but let me counter that with this. So the beginning of the movie there's a passing reference to Stonehenge and kind of kind of in the background, um and then they do pay that off later, which I appreciate. I, I appreciate that part of it. But they don't give any any kind of information or explanation of any kind as to how they're taking chips of this rock and what they're doing with it other than it does magic and apparently turns people into bugs i guess um which was super fast rotting yeah and it's sort of that that took away from it a little bit for me because how can i explain this uh I don't need it spoon-fed. I don't need it completely explained, but I'd at least like a little bit of background. Like, how You'd are like they... some dots to connect. Well, yeah. How are they mixing old technology and ancient and, and new technology? How, what, what are they trying to accomplish by doing this to all these people? I mean, he talked about it being a sacrifice, but didn't really go too much more into depth in depth into that other than, oh, well, we used to do the, the, we did a sacrifice like this 3,000 years ago in our Celtic village, and now we're going to do it again because the planets are aligned. And that's it. So that's where I say, like, it, it falls down a little bit. It takes, it takes a little bit away from me is um, the kind of hand-waviness of, like, well, we're not really going to give you much other than this is what we're doing. Like, what did the masks do? Now, Wicked Kitten 13 in the chat room says, Season of the Witch is an old-time old-timey expression for that time of year. That's fair. Um, I did not know that, so I'll give them that. I think maybe playing into that a little bit more in the movie 
um, giving us a little more about Connell Cochran and kind of what he's trying to accomplish before the last 30 minutes of the movie would have been good. I, I can agree with that. You know, a friend of mine, when I mentioned that I was watching this, put up uh, a comment saying, you know, it's the least comprehensible of the Halloween sequels. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because I think some of four, five, and six are just make no sense whatsoever when they try to do all that crap with the Thorn cult and, and whatnot. But this definitely can be a little bit muddled in its uh, execution at times. I still like it. I still enjoy the hell out of it because it's just cheesy. It's fun. Um, you know, there's just something about it. It's kind of gruesome, like, for the deaths that they had in it because there's not a ton of deaths in here. But you look at Old Man Grimbridge gets his skull pulled apart, um, which is pretty gruesome. The yeah. the lady in the hotel room, that was <clears throat> super gruesome uh, and very graphic looking, especially for 82. Um, yeah, that was... I that I found that scene to be actually pretty impressive with that. It's like, oh, it's like some kind of bomb, but then the bug comes out, and I'm like... Yeah. What? Uh, the, the homeless guy that apparently was just sort of hiding in the shadows, waiting for him to show up to take a drink from his drink, his bottle and then magically has his own bottle in the next scene. That guy gets his head literally pulled right off his shoulders. Well, he did get a couple bucks from the doctor. He so did. He pro- so I, I figure he found a spot to buy some liquor you know even though the doctor buys liquor after curfew why would the store be open yeah okay all right and then um what was it the uh coroner's assistant gets uh, a drill to the head and that was the only one that they didn't show and i think they probably just ran out of budget at that point like oh uh right just do a cutaway that well, at felt that point, they were also pretty I mean, like some of the killing ladies it was they, they they kind of shied away from showing some of that, but not all of it. I don't know. No, I, I mean, remember it, being, I remember reading something about that. The only but. the only women that get killed in this are um, one is the the woman in the hotel room, and one is the coroner, uh, the the assistant coroner. Um, uh, the 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 oh the wife, buddy's yeah. buddy's wife, yeah, yeah. You know me. I can't remember a name to say. But then on top of that, like they're, they, you know, they have the death of a kid in the movie too, uh, in right. kind of a gruesome way too. You know, he gets turned into a bunch of bugs and snakes, uh, basically rotted right away. Um, so you know, in that respect, it's a pretty, pretty gross movie. And in it's funny because the one kill of the assistant corner with the drill, where they don't show the actual kill happen, it's cut away and like covered up felt the most Halloween of the kills to me because that reminded me a bit of the first movie where there wasn't a ton of blood in it. So I kind of liked that, even though it also felt out of place. I'm going to go ahead and say that the the dude in the car with the gasoline was pretty gruesome too. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. And talk about a great uh, explosion special effect. Like they, they spent some money on that one. Because that was a hell of yeah. a bomb to go off. Like, that was a big fireball. Um, so I think, I mean, I think overall the movie looked good. It was the same director of photography as the first two Halloween movies, too. I noticed that when we were watching them a couple weeks ago, that it was the same DP. And I'll, I'll try to find his name. Um, but it was the same guy for the first three movies. So, I, you know, I enjoyed that. I, I liked the look of it. 
there were, like I say, there were problems I had with the plot, but I'm going to have that in any horror movie because most of the time horror movies just don't have great plots, right? Uh, let's see. Cinematography. Dean Cudney. He did the director. He was the director of photography. Pardon me. Um, so, okay. In, in my estimation of the Halloween sequels, this is probably... Having now seen the Halloween 2018, this would be my second favorite of the sequels. Um, because I do think that was pretty solid. I don't, Christina, did you see that? No, I have not seen the new Halloween. Okay. And Wicked Kitten, uh, 13 in the chat points out, horror movies don't need good plots. You're right, they don't. They don't need that. If you can get one with a good plot, it makes it better. It takes it to that next level. But they don't need it. You can get away with uh, kind of cheeseball plots because... Let's face it, you're not going into a horror movie usually for something like that. So just looking up real quick, Dean Cudney uh, had worked with John Carpenter on a few movies. Uh, he was the director of photography for Halloween, for The Fog, for Escape from New York, for Halloween 2, The Thing, Halloween 3. Um, oh, Psycho 2. We just watched Psycho last week. So, Big Trouble in Little China. So, the, these, those two, John Carpenter and, uh, and Dean Cudney worked together a lot. And it looked good, for, especially for 1982. Like, a 1982 horror film, the movie looked fine. Um, I enjoyed the effects that they used. I just... And I liked the music, too. I always liked Carpenter's music. It had very atmospheric music. Um, I don't know. I like this movie, but Keith, you... You definitely didn't. I know right after we watched it, you were already kind of seething. Okay, it appears Robert Ebert doesn't, uh, Roger Ebert didn't like it either. Yeah, but I mean, Roger Ebert uh, doesn't like anything half the time. I don't know. He, he, I'm, I was very. A little audio trouble here. Oh. I was very 50-50 on, uh, on what Roger Ebert likes and doesn't like as to what I think about that. Yes, Wicked Kitten, the commercial does get stuck in your head. That music does not go away for a while. Well, and it was based on London Bridges. Yeah, yep. They took they took a very simple uh, melody and they, they made it into uh, quite a catchy commercial for... Let's see if I've got that anywhere. What did I do with that? I thought... Huh. Well, I thought I had it, but apparently I don't. Um, Four more days to Halloween, yep. Halloween, Halloween. Four more days till Halloween. Uh, there, it, I sang it for you. Thank you. No, um, uh, it's a bummer that we're we're having trouble with Keith, because um, I did want to get some more thoughts on or from him on why he did not like the movie. Um, but uh, I did. Um, and I, you know, I've watched it now twice in the last two weeks. I, I usually watch it. Uh, I've watched it a few times over the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, it's gotten more and more popular amongst horror fans in the last, I would say, what, probably 10 years. It definitely, there was a period of time where it wasn't popular at all. Well, I mean, you nailed it on the head. It's not Michael Myers. Yeah. Which is the main reason why I actually enjoy it, because I didn't care for Mike Myers. And that's the big reason why, you know, people um, didn't flock to it in the, originally, is because it doesn't have Michael Myers. 
but I think that's to this movie's credit. Like, that helps this movie more than it hurts it. So, yeah, so, okay. First of all, Wicked Kitten 13, I always thought they were supposed to turn it into an anthology movie series, but that went back to Michael. Yes, and I did mention that towards the top of the show. Um, that was Carpenter's idea, was to make this an anthology. And I wish that, that this movie had been more well-received in 1982, because I think that would have been really cool to have yearly Halloween-themed movies coming out that aren't I connected. I would be throwing my money at the series. You know, if if this if the second movie was another anthology movie that stood up better, you know, than this one, and then this one was the third one, it's like, okay, they can't all be hits. Let's see what they got next year. Yeah. I'm still coming back. And I think had this uh, whole idea come about in the last, say, five years, you might still have sequels to this going because 1982, there wasn't a huge home video market yet, right? It was it was beginning. I, I think that is a lot of why it got so much traction in the theater was people going to see a movie. It's like, oh, here's this. And now movie tickets are... You know, you gotta if you're getting anything other than just the ticket, you gotta take out a second mortgage. Yeah. Um, or no. be on a good plan that you just pay a certain thing a month and can watch as many movies as you want, basically. Yes, which I plan on doing very soon. Um, My schedule does not really allow for that. That's all right. Yeah. Um, so we we had touched on the fact that there was a lot of hand wavy um, stuff going on. I did like that. I will give them credit in that, yes, they did that. And, yes, I have a bit of a problem with how they went about that, you know, with sort of the you wouldn't believe how we did this and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a little bit lazy, but they also didn't shy away from it. Like, there's a point in the movie where he asks him, why are you doing this? And his response is, do I need a reason? No, no, you don't need a reason. So, you know, I give them credit there. Um, But... I still wish that they could have, like, you could still make that line, you could make those jokes, and yet there still be some, something. Like, give me, give me at least, you don't have to explain how it works, but tell me that, you know, the flashing on the screen or the, the audio, the acoustics of it in somehow, some way react to the stone, and that's what's causing what's going on, as opposed to just sort of it happening and you give me nothing. Like I can, I can deal with not getting a full explanation if I at least get some breadcrumbs, some dots to connect, like you said, Keith. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I mean, Wicked Kitten is right. It's voodoo. It's magic. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Wicked Kitten, and and I get that. I just wanted, I wanted that. Like watching it again last night, I was just like, oh. This would be like an 8 out of 10 for me if it just gave me just a breadcrumb. You don't have to give me more than that. You can say it's witchcraft and you're not like, where, you where was it? You lean more into, yeah, I don't They know, alluded to it being that, but they didn't. Yeah. I, I see your point. And, you know, he I, even. If, if, they'd, uh, if they'd have leaned more into like the, the you know, some kind of Celtic pagan sacrificial magic if they'd have leaned more into that, then the title would have made more sense to me and would have made the whole thing and eat, you know, a more enjoyable you film. you nailed it onto the head is that is exactly what was going on. However, they didn't it, it fully state so it. It was just briefly hand-wavy mention that it, it's kind of like, 
it was an afterthought. Yeah, it like, like oh, crap, we forgot to incorporate the title somehow. Yeah. Quick, Get, what do we got? Give me that, you know, half an hour or 40 minutes in instead of in the last 25 minutes, right? Because like this is a great line in the movie. <laughs> a good magician never explains. You know, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But you waited so long in the movie before you started that part of it that it felt like a different movie at that point. So It kind of did. You know, I don't know. Um, I did capture, I actually found a lot more audio to capture from this than I thought, given that it's, what, an hour and a half long, hour and 37 minutes, and there's huge stretches of no dialogue. But, um, you know, the, one of the first things that's said in the movie is uh, Old Man Grimbridge. Um, and this was great because he says he's laying in the hospital bed, clutching that mask. The um, commercial starts to play on the TV, and he wakes up, and he says this. And the dude that brought him in is just like, I'm out of here, and starts backing away right then. I love that. Cracked me up. Yep. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's definitely like, I've seen enough horror movies to know that I'm not making it out of this if I hang around. Yep. He's just like, nope, I'm out of here. Uh, so I, I liked that. I thought it was hilarious when he's in the bar and the, the horribly, did you either of you notice the really, really bad ADR on the bartender? No. No? So... This is the line. It's when he's flipping through the channels and he makes him change the channel again and, and the bartender looks at him and goes, Don't you have any Halloween spirit? That was not spoken by the dude in that shot when they filmed that. The mouth movements barely matched it. I probably sat and rewatched that like four times earlier today and just like, no, that's that's terrible. Um, it doesn't even sound like... It, it almost... It, it sounds like another person who's heard of a, who's heard of an Irish accent trying one. And that's funny because Wicked Kitten says it sounds Irish. And this was just the bartender in wherever he's from. L.A., I think. Don't you have any Halloween spirit? Yeah. So I like it's Boston. Yeah. So I've got that now forever. Um, when, uh, man, I, okay, my, my major, I think my major problem with this movie, and I say problem in air quotes because I still enjoy the movie and I'll watch it all the time, but... Dr. Chalice is just such a kind of a dingus, right? Like he he skips out on his kids to go check all this stuff out. And I love I and, love that shot where he's so I couldn't relate to him. Yeah. All. And then he's on the phone, he's like, No, no, you know, he's lying to his wife saying, like, I'm going to some conference. No, I don't I can't remember the name of the hotel. No, no, no. Hangs up on her, grabs a six pack of beer, and runs for the car. Like, I got my road beers. Uh so that to me, that was very, like, late 70s, early 80s um, to me. But, uh, you know, you're right. He, I can see where that would, for you, that would take you out of, like, his character because you are so... I not for the guy anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and I get why he was... why he was so hell-bent on figuring this thing out because if that had his never... have the masks. I get that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's blowing his kids off so hard. You know why? It doesn't seem like he should be that invested in figuring it out. It's to me. Yeah, it's it's a right. weird disconnect. I, mean, I can definitely agree. It. I mean, he should have gone. Oh, I got this information. I should give it to the cops. Yes. Well, and that's hilarious because later on, when stuff starts to go sideways, uh, what does he say? Where did it go? Uh, I had that too. 
where his first thing is to go after is to have the Marines, right? He's like, I think we should call the Marines. Uh, I had that. I don't know where it went. I know I captured that, but anyway. Um, but I thought that was funny. Like, you're right. He should have gone to the cops right away, uh, but he didn't. Um, and, you know, just the way he would hit on every woman that was around him, like he's hitting on Agnes, and then he sleeps with the, you know, girl that's 20 years younger than him and asks what her age is afterwards. When she asks him, like he, to his credit, his one bit of credit there is he tried, even if it was half-hearted, to be like, maybe I should sleep in the car. And then immediately she asks him where he wants to sleep. And his response. That's a dumb question, Miss Grimpage. Like, okay, yep, you're not putting up much of a fight there, are you, bud? Would you? Well, eh, I'm going to plead the fifth. Depending on the situation, (laughs) you know, I'll admit that I've made some pretty shady decisions in my past. I did like that uh, the the assistant coroner, uh, Teddy, called him out on it towards the end of the movie. Where he's like, she's like, this is going to cost you a bunch of dinners. I've always got time for dinner for you. Liar. Bye. Hangs up on him. Like, I like that. That I wish her character had been a larger part of the movie. Because I think that dynamic was interesting. Where they had, clearly they had had some kind of a relationship in the past. And they still got along fine. But she also didn't take any of his shit. Like, she just, she didn't put up with it. This show got deep. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and you know, it's what, 30, let's see, 82. So 37 37 years years. ago. Yeah. So it's a very different world than it was 37 years ago in terms of like that kind of stuff. And the, like, none of that would fly now to have that in your movie, to have the, the character doing what he did in the movie. It would get just, I mean, raked over the coals. It would not test well. It would not test well. No, no, it it wouldn't. There would be reshoots. Um, I did read in the trivia that uh, the scene, the shot where he throws the mask up um, and makes it uh, land right on that security camera, which, Keith, if you remember, the whole theater started laughing when that happened. Yeah, you could tell that it was filmed in reverse. Right. Well, apparently they tried like 40 takes of that before uh, the director was, uh, according to IMDb trivia, there was a 2015 reunion of the cast and they tried 40-something takes for Tom Atkins to do that, and the director finally came in and just half-heartedly threw it, and it landed on it perfectly. So, but yeah, that was was pretty ridiculous, and it made us, it made the whole theater laugh, which I thought was funny. Um, No, uh, let's see. Oh, we have our Happy Halloween, by the way. I've been capturing these from any of the movies that we have. Um, So a couple of weeks ago when we watched Trick or Treat, I got a happy Halloween out of that, which is still one that makes my skin crawl, uh, which was this. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Like, that one is probably my favorite happy Halloween ever, but uh, we got one in this movie, too. Happy Halloween. Which is creepy, but it's not as creepy. However, it does have that buttery, smooth voice of... uh, Dan O'Henry. Even if it isn't a saxophone. Well, that was so. That was music from the first Halloween that was playing in the background. He had turned the channel uh, at that point, and so that's the music that was playing. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, oh, and I loved his laugh too. There was the couple of scenes where they're, or the couple of laughs while they're doing that scene where they're standing in front of the blue stone and he's talking to him about it and he kind of chuckles a couple of times and I caught both of those because they, they cracked me up. <laughs> so I have that forever now. I've got a nice little... <laughs> and that one, it's funny because it, you can tell it's like a forced laugh, but it still kind of feels genuine at the same time. It- it's, it feels like it started out as a, as a little bit forced, but then the sound of it made him laugh. Made him genuinely laugh. Uh, yeah. And there was also this one. <laughs> that one's probably my most favorite. of, of My favorite of the two that, that I got of him is... It, it definitely <laughs> sounds like... It, it sounds like, are you shitting me? Kind of yeah. Laugh? Yeah, it's, it, this is an absurd type of laugh. Yep. Oh, uh... I, okay, so I have two clips of uh, Teddy. Was This was what I was talking about earlier, where she just doesn't take his shit. All right, but this is going to cost you some serious dinners when you get back. I'm always ready for dinner with you. Liar. Bye. And then, uh, can you think of anybody using this term in, in a normal conversation? Someone made a colossal boo-boo. <laughs> not 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 seriously, no. Yeah, and that's the thing is she's saying that seriously is someone made a colossal boo boo. Without the colossal or a more strongly worded version of boo boo. <laughs> uh, I but together like that it's it just hits the ear wrong. Maybe to a child. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, you would say that to somebody who's like, you know, 12 years old or younger, but not an adult when you're on the phone with them. Um, and she also unless said... That, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, unless I was trying to tease them. Yeah, maybe. And maybe she was. She was a little more playful. Um, but she also said this, uh, and I don't know why. This just... Every time I hear it, it it feels weird on my ears. I had to be one strong businessman, I can tell you that. You don't just pull someone's skull apart without a little lower arm strength. Know what I mean? Lower arm strength? Or are we talking like forearm strength? I don't know. I, it's, I guess it's just lower arm well, sounds weird to me. Well, you upper arm. Yeah. But I don't usually refer to that as my lower arm. I, I've, I've heard upper arm. I don't know. It just sounded weird to me. It, it did sound a little weird. But I don't I Look, the movie is fun. Is it good? No. 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 It's not mm-hmm. good, but it's fun. Not good at all. Well, I think it's fun. Apparently, Keith didn't think it was fun. No, I... You know, I, if it weren't for the other three movies, I would have make you know more than making up for how bad this one was. You know, I I would have been upset. You know, and when I watched it last night, I uh, I asked Jordan if he wanted to watch it with me. He's like, no, I saw it a couple weeks ago. I don't need to see it again. I'm like, all right, fair, <laughs> fine. I don't know. I I don't mind rewatching this movie. Um, just because I I have fun with it. It's cheese as all hell. But I love I love Carpenter's music, and so he and uh, who else it's, did it? As far as cheese goes, th- there is a lot of cheese there, but it's more like Velveeta instead of I don't know a good smoked cheddar. <laughs> no, it's, all right, it's the quality right. of the cheese in the movie. Fair enough. No, I'm not gonna make you watch it again. I I know I've I've had you watch a couple of movies you didn't like that much, but uh, right. Oh, I did not know. So. I forgot about that. The movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers was also set in the town of Santa Mira. Huh. Okay. 
That's a great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen the 1956 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's really about all I have to say about it. I, I enjoy the movie. Um, I think it's worth seeing. Watch it around Halloween. It's a fun Halloween movie. It's something different, too, because it's not your... I think maybe that's part of what I do like about it is it's not your typical slasher movie um, or, like, it is the supernatural horror, but it's... I don't know. It's different to me than some of the... Like, it's not ghosts. It's not goblins. It's not ghouls. It's like they're just doing something that makes no sense um, whatsoever, but they it's done... It's packaged in a fun way. You've got... And, and, and how do the mechanical people fit into all of this? Like, are they also animated with the stone or not? Yeah, I mean, that's something else that would have been interesting for them to give some explanation other than, you know, the internal parts were not that hard to make on this. Like... That's all you're gonna give me? All right, fine. Are just automatons? Yeah, I loved, by the way, the the old uh, the old woman knitting that bit. While it made very little sense in the overall plot of the movie, and especially where they placed it, I loved that effect. I loved that that thing. That was just cool. All right, so Wicked Kitten in the chat has a question for the three of us. Um, We'll start with Keith on this. Would you have picked the skull, the goblin, or the pumpkin face mask? Or I guess it's the witch, but witch or goblin? I would have gone with the skull. Big surprise. Well, at, for Wicked Kitten doesn't really know my aesthetic, so it doesn't, you know, how, how is she going to see that I'm the guy who always wears black? You know? Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying, knowing you, I'm not surprised by that. Now, Christina... I have an idea as well, but which would you choose? The skull, the goblin slash witch, or the pumpkin face? The skull. Okay. All right. Um, I would like to say the skull because I think that's the best looking of the three masks. Like, that was a pretty good looking skull mask. All those masks were pretty cool. Um, I would probably get the, the goblin or the witch because I could do that in either direction. And I think it's, I like it. I like it personally. Now, the the pumpkin face is what Wicked Kitten said she would go with. And, um, yeah, I mean, all three masks are good, so I don't really have a problem with that. Um, yeah, and another thing, I did like that in uh, the the uh, John Carpenter's official sequel to the first movie, they had those masks on the kids trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a nice little tie-in. Yeah. Uh, yes, we did see trick-or-treat, Wicked Kitten. Um... But, uh, yeah, that I do like that they did that. I like that they had, you know, the first Halloween movie. Like, this movie basically takes place in a universe where that is a movie. So it's like our world, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yes, Pumpkin Face Kid was creepy as hell in Trick or Treat. His name was Sam. Um, and, yes, we did that. We actually covered that on the show a few weeks ago. So that's where that, uh, that other um, Happy Halloween came from, my, my favorite one of the year, which is this one. Happy Halloween. He was so creepy in that. Go back and listen to that if you want to uh, to hear me talk about... Um, uh, what the heck was his name in that now? I can't think of the actor. Um, let me look that up because... Come on, it's only been two weeks. I know. But, you know, uh, Dylan Baker. 
That's his name. He was so good in that movie. Um, he was just creepy. And he's good at doing that. I like Dylan Baker a lot, but we're not talking about him right now. Um, yeah, so look, I, I recommend this movie. I know Christina recommends this movie. Keith would probably say don't watch this movie. You know what? You are, uh, you're dead on right there. <laughs> well, don't listen to Keith. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a crazy person. Um, you know, but you also didn't like Tank Girl, and both Christina and I do like that movie. Yep. Again, there was, a, I think it came down to not a lot of dots to connect. <laughs> like, how, how did the tank do this? Yeah. That's, am... that's easy. That's comic books. Right. Yeah, you can hand wave that away, no problem. It's just like a horror movie. Hand wave it all away. Um, yeah, uh, definitely see this movie. It's worth it. Um, I know Wicked Kitten, she had seen it uh, and enjoyed this as well. You you like horror movies anyway, though, don't you? But um, it's a fun, yeah. It's This is worth seeing, you know, around October every year. I... I probably it's going to get into my rotation. I'm going to watch Trick or Treat every year because I think that one was a ton of fun. I'm always that looking for was. good. I'm always looking for good new horror movies to watch. Um, but you know, I've got to be in the right mindset for horror movies, and and sadly, I'm not always in that frame of mind. Although I am finding more of them that I do enjoy. I think what I don't like are cheap jump scares, which this movie did have a few of. They they use that same musical sting quite a bit to. Um, the sound mixing on this was a little off too. Uh, I noticed, and it was more apparent when I was capturing audio and had my headphones on that there was just a weird, I don't know. It didn't sound like it was mixed very well between the dialogue and the sound effects and the music. Like that's something that we've come a long way in filmmaking with to, to make it sound a little bit more pleasing to the ear and less muddled. Um, this definitely has the, the sound bed of a, 80s movie early 80s late 70s but i think if it were done differently it wouldn't have the same charm that it does too so pardon me um yeah go see it and uh it is i don't think it's streaming anywhere unfortunately um so it is one that you'll have to seek out in some other way oh it's on hbo go well okay so if you've got hbo go uh you can watch it there yep hbo so, you know, I don't have HBO, but um, I had the movie on DVD from a few years ago. So that's how I I went ahead and bought it. But it's worth seeking out. If you if you have HBO, watch it. There's no reason not to. If you don't, uh, look for it. It's, it's freely available on. You can rent it on your, you know, Amazons, uh, YouTube, Apple. Um, it's, it's worthwhile. Now, we're not. So we're ending, this is the end of our Halloween month, um, our month-long celebration of Halloween, which sadly was only four movies instead of five because of my mess-up a few weeks ago. Um, yes, sad face, I know. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be doing uh, next week. Maybe we'll do another Halloween movie just for fun to kind of round out and start November. I don't know yet, but um, this is the official end of our Halloween celebration for this year. Now, uh, the nice thing is, is that we have a year to prepare for next Halloween and coming up with some really good ones to watch. Uh, you know, we did trick or treat. We did this, we did psycho. Um, and our anthology was trick or treat. That's right. Um, 
Oh, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That was the other one that we did. So I think we had a pretty good month overall. Um, but with a year to get ready for next next Halloween, I think we can do even better. So definitely if you have any ideas of stuff that you want to see us cover. Um, now, it does have to be something that one of us has never seen before. But at the same time, it's not too difficult for me to find somebody who hasn't seen a certain movie. Um, whether it's me who hasn't seen it or I can always go to David. David's harder to get to yep. watch the horror movies, but he he did watch Psycho last week with me and, and did enjoy that, so that was nice. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the cerebral ones would be better for David than any of the gorier ones. Yeah. It's definitely more of a suspense horror as opposed to a, a shock horror. Which is what I enjoy. I personally like that um, type of horror, too. I want something that's going to give me a reason to be quote-unquote scared or at least uneasy i want to feel uneasy i don't necessarily i don't want gross out like i don't need that if it's if a movie has that like tucker and dale get a little gruesome this movie got a little gruesome i don't have a problem with that if there's well, a tucker reason and dale, it. it was definitely an over-the-top comedic well yes approach to it as opposed to actually trying to scare you yeah they took evil dead flipped it on its head and went up went obscene with it yeah well, you know, we had a good mix of movies for uh, kind of showcasing what horror can be. Like, we had a horror comedy. We had an anthology. We had this movie here, which is sort of an anthology, but also a sequel, but a standalone sequel, too. Uh, we had a slasher movie. I unfortunately didn't didn't get to use the monster movie that we had done, which was Lake Placid. But, um, you know, that's one of the things that I like about horror as a genre is that the... Um, the subgenres of that, you can get interesting. You you can go horror movies and get some of the old Universal classics, or uh, you know some of the newer monster movies like The Host um, from a few years ago. You can get your horror and horror makes for good anthologies as well. Um, I mean, we had two or three really good candidates when we chose Trick or Treat with Creep Show and Tales from the Dark Side and all of that. So my vote for next year is VHS. All right, I will. Uh, I will make sure that is on the list for next year. So we'll see. We'll see how uh, how voting goes for that. But um, you know, we record every Wicked Kitten horror is the best genre. Uh, I don't and I know. will agree. I don't know if I would say it's the best genre, but uh, I do enjoy it. Um, so that's fine. I, I can't. I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I'm going to say that it's not my favorite genre, but I have a lot of movies in the horror horror realm that I really love. The first Halloween I will watch anytime, anywhere. That movie is a classic. Same with Psycho from last week. Um, so, and yeah. What, the the latest one, what, what did they call that one? It was Halloween? It was just Halloween. Oh, okay. They just, they're, you know, you call it like, a lot of people call it Halloween 2018. We, and then, you know, you have Halloween 1978, but it was just called Halloween. Okay. Yeah, I mean, those two, those two work well. Yeah, though, if you haven't seen the new Halloween yet, and Christina, you said you hadn't seen that, it's worth seeing, in my opinion. I, I think you would oh, enjoy yeah. it. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, and we record this show. So we record every Sunday night, uh, right around this time, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, the show goes into the feed on Wednesdays. So if you can't catch us live and you want to catch uh, after the fact, it's Wednesday afternoons usually. But Wednesdays is when the show goes in there. Um, you can always go to tvstravis.com and 
find the show, subscribe to it there. Um, we're also in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, if you get a chance to go over there and give us a review, um, that would be awesome because reviews help us quite a bit. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, TV's Travis, at TV's Travis on Twitter is my account, and that's where I um, give what's coming up on the show. Uh, I'll do polls on there quite a bit, which is always fun. Um, try to get ideas from people as to what they want to see us talk about or what they want to see us cover. Uh, if I can't decide on exactly what movie to do, I might throw three or four options in there and see how they, uh, usually three options in there and see how uh, voting goes for that. So that's always fun. Um, America's next top podcaster is still going on, which I am a part of. Um, and, New episodes just went into that feed recently. So if you get a chance, go check that out too. That's been a ton of fun. And uh, I'm really enjoying my experience with that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's a show for this week. So I want to thank both of you for joining me as always. Um, it's great having you both on. Always happy to be here. Always love being on the show. And uh, right, so... Uh, as we often say when we end our show, um, you know, there's a lot of good movies out there, but get out and enjoy yours all the time. Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice?